Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 56 of Mexico Unexplained where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Pitto. The year was 1531. A young Franciscan friar named Antonio de Segovia arrived in the area just west of the modern Mexican city of Guadalajara. The country was recently christened Nueva Galicia by the Spanish who had formally conquered it the year before under the leadership of Nuno de Guzmán. At the time of the Spanish arrival, the region was called Tonalan Tlatocayotl, in English, the Kingdom of the East, and was ruled by the powerful indigenous queen called Siwalpili Tzapotzinco, whose name loosely translates to the sweet fruit of the sapote tree in English. Queen Siwalpili lorded over 12 tributary states, and because of the recent conquest of the Aztec Empire to their immediate east, the nobles of her dominions looked to the queen for help in staving off a similar catastrophe that had befallen their stronger and more sophisticated Aztec enemies. Siwalpili ordered her vassal states to submit to the Spanish, and then after their surrender they would work out a peaceable solution of coexistence. Half the leaders of the Queen's tributary states did not agree with her plan and vowed to fight the European invaders. Those who agreed with the Queen's plans of peace sent delegates to meet the Spanish attack force just outside the Tonalan Kingdom. It took only a matter of months for the conquistadors to subjugate the vassal states of Tonalan that were part of the resistance. To further along the peace process, the great queen herself was one of the first indigenous people in the area to convert to Christianity to serve as an example to her subjects. Her name at baptism was Juana Bautista, and after things settled down, she remained the figurehead ruler of Tonalan. The 40-year-old Franciscan Antonio de Segovia did not arrive to the lands of Queen Siwalpili unprepared. He started his journey in the New World in the Yucatan, arriving with the second wave of Spanish conquerors in 1525. In the five years between his landing in Mexico and his arrival in the Guadalajara area, Segovia learned several indigenous languages and absorbed everything he could about the native cultures of Mexico so as to be a more effective evangelizer. He made his way to central Mexico in 1529 and ended up in Pátzcuaro in the modern Mexican state of Michoacán at the time of the Nuno de Guzmán invasion of Siwalpili's kingdom. As he was ordered to end up in this kingdom, he thought it best to arrive with a small statue of the Virgin Mary as the Immaculate Conception. The Franciscan had heard that the indigenous people of this new area had worshipped the child goddess Teopincintl, and that a shrine existed in the town of Sapopan 
in the Tonalan Kingdom's vassal state of Antemahak, where pilgrims came to give offerings of partridges and rabbits. With this small statue of the Virgin worn around his neck, Segovia thought he would best introduce Christianity to the natives by using an image that was somewhat similar to the goddess they had been worshipping for centuries. The modern-day statue of the Virgin of Sapopan, enshrined and crowned in the Basilica of Sapopan, looks nothing like the statue that once hung around the neck of the Franciscan friar, although the body we can barely see through all the subsequent embellishments is the same virgin Segovia brought to the area in 1531. The original doll-like image has survived remarkably well over the centuries due to the material used in its crafting. The statue was made by Purepecha Indians in Potsgoro using traditional methods. First, a skeleton was constructed out of sugar canes and corn stalks. Then a special paste or dough called tatsingueni was applied to flesh out the figure. This tatsingueni was made of corn stalk pulp and the juice of a local orchid, which gave the paste a latex quality and would prevent the finished product from rotting or spoiling. The indigenous craftsmanship, which has since been studied by scientists, has withstood the test of almost five centuries. Segovia arrived in Nueva Galicia as a simple minister, traveling without shoes, descalced in Roman Catholic terms, and with the Virgin Mary statue round his neck. Many indigenous people who encountered Segovia claimed to see rays of light emanating from the small statue, and word spread throughout Nueva Galicia of the Virgin's mysterious powers. The Franciscan converted thousands of Indians as a result. Things seemed to be going well for the Spanish throughout most of the 1530s, until many of the Tonalan nobles started to complain about colonial abuses of power. The peace brokered by Queen Siwalpili ended in a full-out rebellion of several coordinated indigenous groups called the Mixton War in 1541. By the end of the year, the Spanish gained complete control over the area once again, and this time held on to it. The area around Zapopan had been depopulated because of the fighting, and on December 8th of 1541, the new town of Zapopan was founded by the Spanish, who settled it mostly by bringing in natives from other regions. As a gift for accepting the Spanish peace agreements, Antonio de Segovia gave his statue of the Virgin to the people of Sapopan, who took care of it and built a small adobe shrine to it, much like the one they used to have to honor the child goddess Teopincintl. It was at this time when the statue got its first title, La Pacificadora, or She Who Makes Peace. The story doesn't end here. The statue's importance grew with time, and the Virgin of Sapopan is now one of the main pilgrimage sites in all of Mexico. Many events and miracles have led up to this. Since the late 1600s, the city of Guadalajara had suffered more than its share of calamities. Great lightning storms and epidemics of smallpox and measles swept through the city regularly. In 1721, 
the city was attacked by a mysterious and deadly plague that decimated the population, and it was at this time that the Bishop of Guadalajara ordered the Virgin of Sapopan to leave its shrine and visit each neighborhood of the city to try to help end the plague. In 1655, a previous Bishop of Guadalajara had given the Virgin the title of La Milagrosa, or the Miracle Worker, because of the many miracles attributed to the devotion to the statue, and by the early 1700s, the Virgin of Sapopan had been considered a powerful intercessor. So, in 1721, on the order of the church leaders, the statue was carried throughout the various colonias of Guadalajara, and the plague miraculously ended. That was not to be the last tour of the statue. After the caretaker of the church of San Juan de Dios was struck by lightning and the priest administering his last rites was also killed by a lightning bolt, the ecclesiastical authorities agreed that it would be best to make the Virgin of Sapopan a traveling statue. In 1734, the Bishop of Guadalajara, Nicolas Carlos Gomez de Cervantes, met with local government officials to have the Virgin of Sapopan declared the patroness and advocate of the city. By November 14th of 1734, she was given the formal title of Patroness and Protector of Lightning, Storms, and Epidemics of this most noble city and its inhabitants. The next year, the Virgin was tasked with traveling throughout the neighborhoods of Guadalajara and the towns of Nueva Galicia from June until October, a ritual that has continued to the modern day. You can even go online to track the Virgin and follow her various stops and events connected with her visits. It has only been in recent times that a special exact replica statue called La Virgen Peregrina, or in English, the Pilgrim Virgin, has taken the place of the real statue and has traveled the familiar summer route throughout the country. The real statue is safe and sound under glass in the main niche in the basilica. The annual return of the traveling virgin to Sapopan on October 12th attracts an estimated 1 million people along the route home. During the Mexican War of Independence in the early part of the 19th century, the Virgin of Sapopan was given military rank and yet another title, La Generala, or the General. It was then when the statue was given a sword and a general staff to signify its role in protecting the members of the military. The accoutrements and the clothing added to the Virgin increased with time and its importance continued to grow. For quite some time the statue was completely veiled as there was fear that exposure to light would somehow decompose the figure. Because the caretakers realized the durability of the craftsmanship of the piece, she has since spent her time unveiled and clothed in gold-embroidered dresses. In 1919, with the visit of the Pope, she was given a gold crown adorned with rubies and pearls and a small platform of solid silver weighing 55 kilos. Under her hands is a reliquary of gold and precious stones with a gold image of the baby Jesus in its center. Because the Virgin of Sapopan was given the title of Queen of Jalisco, 
1921, she holds a gold scepter adorned with pearls, diamonds, and rubies, and a golden staff. She was also given the keys to Guadalajara at this time. Somewhere along the line, the statue was given a small suitcase of gold, which remains beside her in the niche at the Basilica. Because of this suitcase, she has also been declared patron saint of travel agents. The simple crescent moon at her feet that was originally made of the Tatsingueni paste has been since covered in gold. Over the years, the statue has also acquired curly brown hair. As the statue became more embellished and more important to the Mexicans over time, the structure housing it expanded in area and complexity. What was essentially once a small adobe hut catering to locals has turned into an impressive basilica that is a major destination for the faithful throughout the Catholic world. Construction of the larger abbey and basilica began in 1689, and as a result, the building is a prime example of Spanish colonial Baroque architecture. As the Virgin garnered more titles and more accessories, the basilica became more ornate and complex as well. The current basilica has meditation gardens, an Italian marble altar, statues carved of cypress wood, and many interesting architectural features of various orders and styles. For believers and non-believers alike, the Basilica of Our Lady of Sapopan is a definite feast for the eyes. In October of 2015, Massive flooding hit the city of Guadalajara as a result of Hurricane Patricia. As believers are quick to note, this natural disaster happened immediately after the Virgin's processional period ended and there were no deaths from this storm. The population had ample time to pray for celestial help as they were told a week before to expect the worst storm in the history of Mexico. Perhaps the powers of the many-titled virgin who has gained the reverence of millions over the centuries played an important role in mitigating a catastrophe. Or perhaps the people of central Mexico just got lucky. We may never know for sure. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit our Patreon page and consider making a donation to help out the show. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at MexicoUnexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.